Chapter Two of Journey to the Center of the Earth. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Reading by Lars Rolander. Journey to the Center of the Earth by Chilvain. Chapter Two, The Mysterious Parchment. I declare cried my uncle striking the table fiercely with his fist i declare to you it is runic and contains some wonderful secret which i must get at at any price i was about to reply when he stopped me sit down he said quite fiercely and write to my dictation i obeyed i will substitute he said a letter of our alphabet for that of the runic we will then see what that will produce now begin and make no mistakes the dictation commenced with the following incomprehensible result m m dot r n l l s s r l s e e c j d e s g t s s m f u n t e i e f n e a d r k e k t comma s a m n a t r a t e s s a o d r r n e m t n a e i n u a e c t r r i l s a a t b a a r dot n s c r c i e a a b s c c d r m i e u t u l f r a n t u d t comma i a c o s e i b o k e d i i y scarcely giving me time to finish my uncle snatched the document from my hands and examined it with the most rapt and deep attention i should like to know what it means he said after a long period i certainly could not tell him nor did he expect me to his conversation being uniformly answered by himself i declare it puts me in mind of a cryptograph he cried unless indeed the letters have been written without any real meaning and yet why take so much trouble who knows but i may be on the verge of some great discovery my candid opinion was that it was all rubbish but this opinion I kept carefully to myself, as my uncle's choler was not pleasant to bear. All this time he was comparing the book with the parchment. The manuscript volume and the smaller document are written in different hands, he said. The cryptograph is of much later date than the book. There is an undoubted proof of the correctness of my surmise. An irrefragible proof I took it to be. The first letter is a double M, which was only added to the Icelandic language in the twelfth century. This makes the parchment two hundred years posterior to the volume. The circumstances appeared very probable and very logical, but it was all surmised to me. To me it appears probable that this sentence was written by some owner of the book. Now who was the owner is the next important question. 
perhaps by great good luck it may be written somewhere in the volume with these words professor hartwig took off his spectacles and taking a powerful magnifying glass examined the book carefully on the fly-leaf was what appeared to be a blot of ink but on examination proved to be a line of writing almost effaced by time this was what he sought and after some considerable time he made out these letters arne saknussem he cried in a joyous and triumphant tone that is not only an icelandic name but of a learned professor of the sixteenth century a celebrated alchemist i bowed as a sign of respect these alchemists he continued avicenna bacon lully paracelsus were the true the only learned men of the day they made surprising discoveries may not this sacnusem nephew mine have hidden on this bit of parchment some astounding invention i believe the cryptograph to have a profound meaning which i must make out my uncle walked about the room in a state of excitement almost impossible to describe it may be so sir i timidly observed but why conceal it from posterity if it be a useful a worthy discovery why how should i know did not galileo make a secret of his discoveries in connection with saturn but we shall see until i discover the meaning of this sentence i will neither eat nor sleep my dear uncle i began nor you neither he added i was lucky i had taken double allowance that day in the first place he continued there must be a clue to the meaning if we could find that the rest would be easy enough i began seriously to reflect the prospect of going without food and sleep was not a promising one so i determined to do my best to solve the mystery my uncle meanwhile went on with his soliloquy the way to discover it is easy enough in this document there are one hundred and thirty-two letters giving seventy-nine consonants to fifty-three vowels this is about the proportion found in most southern languages the idioms of the north being much more rich in consonants we may confidently predict therefore that we have to deal with the southern dialect nothing could be more logical now said professor hartwig to trace the particular language as shakespeare says that is the question was my rather satirical reply this man saknussem he continued was a very learned man now as he did not write in the language of his birthplace he probably like most learned men of the sixteenth century wrote in latin if however i prove wrong in this guess we must try spanish french italian greek and even hebrew my own opinion though is decidedly in favour of latin this proposition startled me latin was my favourite study and it seemed sacrilege to believe this gibberish to belong to the country of virgil barbarous latin in all probability continued my uncle but still latin very probably i replied not to contradict him let us see into the matter continued my uncle here you see we have a series of one hundred and thirty-two letters 
apparently thrown pell-mell upon paper without method or organization there are words which are composed wholly of consonants such as mm point r n l l s others which are nearly all vowels the fifth for instance which is untafe and one of the last osebo this appears an extraordinary combination probably we shall find that the phrase is arranged according to some mathematical plan no doubt a certain sentence has been written out and then jumbled up some plan to which some figure is the clue now harry to show your english wit what is that figure i could give him no hint my thoughts were indeed far away while he was speaking i had caught sight of the portrait of my cousin gretchen and was wondering when she would return we were affianced and loved one another very sincerely but my uncle who never thought even of such sublunary matters knew nothing of this without noticing my abstraction the professor began reading the puzzling cryptograph all sorts of ways according to some theory of his own presently rousing my wandering attention he dictated one precious attempt to me i mildly handed it over to him it read as follows m m e s s u n k a s e n r a dot i c e f d o k dot s e g n i t t a m u r t n e c e r t s e r r e t t e comma r o t a i v s a d u a comma e d n e c s e d s a d n e l a c a r t n i i i l r j s i r a t r a c s a r b m u t a b i l e d m e k m e r e t a r c s i l u c o y s l e f f e n s n i dot i could scarcely keep from laughing while my uncle on the contrary got in a towering passion struck the table with his fist darted out of the room out of the house and then taking to his heels was presently lost to sight End of chapter 2 Read by Lars Rolander